The holidays are on at Old Navy, where all jeans, all pants, all sweaters, and all outerwear are on sale up to 50% off now. Jeans start at just 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. All the looks you love, even this season's must-have plaid styles, are on sale. Plus, get fashion in a flash. Buy online, pick up in-store for free today in just two hours. Hurry in for up to 50% off all jeans, pants, sweaters, and outerwear at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 11.4 to 11.13 excludes in-store clearance. Broadcasting to the four corners of the conservative universe, it's the Matlock Show. He loves all things conservative politics, and if there's a microphone nearby, you can bet he'll be the one beating the left over the head with it. And now, a true original, the common sense conservative, here's your host, Matlock. Oh, that's right. Hump Day Wednesday. Welcome in. And I'm going to give you uh, a little bit of a warning. This is going to be pure Matlock today. I am irritated as irritated gets. And I've got some stories to tell you that go right in line with what is happening today. And we're going to get after it right from the beginning. So do me a great big favor. Head over to patriotmobile.com forward slash Matt. Get you some new cell phone service. They're a great company giving money to conservative causes. They're amazing. You need to check them out. PatriotMobile.com forward slash Matt. Do it now. They'll buy you out of your contract. They're here in Texas. They're amazing. They take a little bit of your money, and they give it to things that you believe in, conservative causes. They're not like big wireless. They're exactly who you should be with. Head over to PatriotMobile.com forward slash Matt. Do it now. They're a proud sponsor of the Matlock Show. All right, so here's what we're going to talk about for a good part of this podcast. And, and you know, I've, I've had podcasts in the past that I have just laid it out there. Raw, Matlock, in its purest sense that you're going to get. So there is a story, and I want to set the table here because there's a hashtag going around Twitter today. And you're seeing it everywhere. There is a young man by the name of James Younger. And the hashtag is protect James Younger. It is amazing. This story irritates me to no end and hits very close to home. So hashtag project. James Younger, protect. I put project. God dang it. Now I, I hate when I do that on Twitter. Blah. Now I got to redo it. Project. It's protect. James Younger is the hashtag. I'm going to tell you a story. My story. And I've told you this story before if you've listened to the Matlock show. I've had a very interesting life. I've, I've been through a lot of things. I've sold a lot of things, but there's one thing that has never changed in my life, and that's how much I love my children. Now, a family court decided about two years ago that I didn't need to love them anymore. I didn't need to see them, and they were adults, and they could make their own decisions. They were grown up. They could do what they wanted to do. They could come and see me, or they didn't have to, and they could tell me, the parent, what they wanted to do. Now, mind you, my kids at the time, well, it's been longer than that now, though, because my daughter's going to be 21 in April, so this was, my daughter stopped coming to see me for regular visits when she was between 16 and 17 years old. I have had a very strained relationship with my daughter ever since, not on my end, more on her end, but that's okay. I mean, at some point, I'm hoping with time and with experience and and with understanding, she'll understand what her mother did to her. Now, I'm not going to sit here and run her mother through the mud, even though I should, because she's a horrible mother who did things to our children that just were ridiculous when it came to brainwashing them. I mean, my, my wife and I had messages and text and all these uh, instant messages of how my ex-wife would tell my children, hey, 
You know, if you want to stop going to your dad's, I can make it happen. Oh, are you tired of being at your dad's? Oh, are you done with your dad? Oh, your dad's a dick. Oh, yeah, your dad's a great big asshole. That's my ex-wife telling my kids this. Have all the proof. So I go into court one day. And uh, I'm, I'm dealing with the ex-wife and the kids and child support and trying to see my kids. Because at the time, I wasn't seeing my daughter and she had stopped coming. And, you know, you got to go to court because the judge can then say, you know what, young lady, you got to go. I was still seeing my son at the time. Well, we go through court and, and my attorney, God bless his soul, um, uses all of the information we have from Facebook and text message and all the things we have of my ex-wife calling me an asshole and a dick and telling my children this and brainwashing them and doing things that a parent should not be able to do, right? I mean, it, they, it even says, this is what drives me. I got to go to court next week. I'm going to court next week, finally, because my son's just about 18. I'll just about be done with paying child support that I've paid for 18 years, right? I haven't seen my son now in over two years either because he stopped coming and the judge said it was okay to do so. But we go to court and we put in all of our information, the, my attorney and I, and say, you know, look, here are, the, here are the instant messages, here are the emails, here are the DMs, here are the text. This is against the law because in a divorce decree in Indiana where I'm divorced, it specifically says that you shall not demean the other party to your children. I don't give a shit what my ex-wife says about me outside of my kids. If she wants to tell her friends, her husband, ex-husband, her boyfriend, her girlfriends that I'm the biggest asshole on the planet, fine. I don't care, but stop telling my children that, right? Because that is a form of child abuse. So we go to court and the family court says, oh no, Mr. Locke, um, you invaded your 15-year-old, 16-year-old daughter's privacy by looking at these messages. And my, my attorney was livid, as was I, because the judge is a moron. His name is Monty Brown. And I hope he gets unseated as judge of DeKalb County for circuit court. Well, it's for superior court, number two. Because the guy's a moron. And I hope he's listening. Because I've told him in court he's a moron. He doesn't follow the law. The law states that my ex-wife cannot demean me to the children. And she did just exactly that, which is a form of child abuse. But we'll get to some other stories here in a minute. Okay, so you understand my background here. I, I, have a, I have a very touchy spot in my soul for stories like this. Jury decides here in Dallas, mind you, my backyard. Jury decides against dad seeking to block seven-year-old son from gender transition drugs. Let me set the table. Mom of this... James Younger believes that her son is a girl, moron, and wants to give this poor little boy who is seven years old gender transition drugs. She ought to be in jail. But you know what happened? The jury found in her favor. The jury found in the favor of the mother. Here is the father trying to protect his kids, trying to protect his kid from child abuse, the ridiculousness that is this story. I mean, this makes my blood boil, and this poor child is going to be fucked up for the rest of his life, and pardon my French, but I don't give a shit so ridiculous to watch this stuff go on time and time again and we all turn a blind eye toward it i live this stuff not gender transition but i watched as my kids were ripped from me by a court system that doesn't give a shit about the father and god bless this father who is trying who is trying to protect his child who is doing everything he can to protect his son. Because that's the thing that dads do. And I don't want to cry, but I'm getting close. The only thing that fathers want to do is protect their kids. And now you have this jury 
who decided that James Younger's mother, Dr. and Gregorilus, who is a pediatrician, by the way, for those of you in Flint, Indiana, that means a doctor of children. She's a doctor of kids. She has full authority, according to this jury, to continue to transition her son James, who she wants to rename Luna. According to the report, a consensus of 11 of 12 jurors decided the current joint managing conservatorship over the twin sons of Georgilus and the boy's father, Jeffrey Younger, should re be replaced by sole managing conservatorship by Gregorilus. So Judge Kim Cooks is expected to read her ruling on possession, child support, and other issues today. The battle between Younger and Gregorilus intensified last year when James's mother threatened Younger with child abuse charge because he would not affirm their son is a transgender child. I want to talk about that for one second. This child last year was six. Six! This child does not have the ability or the capacity to make the decisions that the mother is saying the child can make. But yet she filed charges against the father because the father wouldn't affirm that the son was transgender. That six-year-old kid doesn't even know what transgender means. Hell, he doesn't even know where his Peter's at at this moment. He just does not know. Come on. And in all of this, the mother is filling this for this poor child's head with garbage, thinking that the son needs to transition. Now, I covered this story last year, and I remember covering this story, and I remember the father went into court, and he said, look, judge, I don't tell my son what to do and not to do. When he comes to my house, I put him in boy clothes. He chooses to play with boys' toys, and he acts completely normal when away from his mother. Now, here's where these personal stories come in. I got divorced from my ex-wife when my son was very young, very young. And I would have them, and it was amazing to watch because I'd go pick up my children every weekend. And I would bring them back home, and there would be a, what I would call a, almost a, what's the word I'm looking for? A, de a, a deprogramming phase to where they would come in. And I mean, it would be outright hostile. It would literally, when I would pick up my kids, my ex-wife was so ridiculous. She programmed these kids to just absolutely hate me, hate spending time with me, hate being with me. My ex-wife is a piece of work. I'm going to tell you that. I get to go see her next week. Great. But there would be this deprogramming time. My kids would show up and it would literally take three, four, five hours to assimilate these kids back to me. And by, you know, I'd pick them up on a Friday night. I'd put them to bed around 8, 39 o'clock. They were young. And by Saturday morning, you wouldn't know. I mean, they were perfectly happy kids. We would play. We would go to the park. We would do things. I mean, they, they truly enjoyed spending time with their father. And I took care of them. And I've said this on programs before, and I'll say it again. I mean, I literally would would die so my kids wouldn't. I mean, I think that's every parent, right? I love my kids enough. Well, I love my kids so much that I would replace my life for theirs, right? So 
you know, the ex would play these games. She would turn me in. Yeah, I was scared to death. So I would tell you, I got visited by CPS. Let's not say often, but often enough. And it would be every little thing. And there was a time, and I'm going to tell the story here. My ex-wife accused me of doing some things to my daughter that were completely untrue. But what happens is CPS came in, Child Protective Services, and they said, hey, you don't get to see your kids anymore. I said, wait, what, what, what? No, you don't get to see your kids anymore. I'm like, why? Why, why would I not be able to get to see my kids? Well, your ex-wife is claiming this. Okay. What proof does she have? Well, she doesn't have any proof, but she's claimed it. So now we've got to investigate it. Uh, okay. Well, we need this, 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 and this. Okay. Oh, and by the way, you don't get to see your kids while we're going through this investigation. You don't get to do this. You don't get to do that. I mean, I was literally ostracized over an accusation that was completely untrue. So I go through this six months of hell. I mean, they look at everything. They chase down all of your, who you're talking to, who you're with, your friends, your family, your online history, all this stuff, because they're trying to make me into somebody I was not. And through six months, I had supervised visitation with my kids. I got to go see them once a week for an hour. And I would have to go to this place in Auburn, Indiana, where I could be supervised. I could never be left alone with them. Couldn't touch them either. I would go to this place, couldn't hug them, couldn't touch them. I could only sit in the room with them as they played. And I remember sitting there, and my daughter was young, three, three and a half years old. Chandler was about a year old. And uh, my daughter came up to uh, sit on my lap, and they forcefully removed her. And said, no, sweetheart, you you can't touch daddy, blah, blah, blah. And then the damn lady said, well, you know, your daddy's done some bad things. To my three-year-old. Right in front of me. And I'm going to tell you, I've lived this. I've lived this crap. So to make a long story short, six months of investigation goes by. We go to court. They put my ex-wife and her mother under oath. And it's found that they're lying that they made the entire story up about me. And you want to know what happened to them? Nothing. Nothing happened to them. So my wife, my ex-wife, sorry, my ex-wife, gets to make up all of this stuff about me, gets supervised visitation, gets the kids pulled from me, gets all of this stuff. We go through a trial. We do all the due diligence, the investigation, all of the all of the depositions, all that stuff. Cost me a fortune. And when it was found out that she lied about me, not a damn thing happened. There you go. And the courts always believe the mother. It's the most egregious thing. So I want to get back to this because Judge Kim Cooks is expected to read her ruling uh, today. It's expected. It is absolutely expected. James's mother sought to terminate Younger's parental rights because James behaved as a boy when he was with his father. Georgilis was also wanted younger to pay for their son's counseling with a therapist who will affirm his transgender identity and his need for transgender hormonal treatments, which may begin at the age of eight. Now, I want you to think about that for just a second. Eight years old. Eight years old, you were what, in the second grade? I believe I was in the second grade when I was eight. I cut my finger off in the second grade. I was eight years old when that happened. I'm pretty sure that's the grade. So you're in the second grade. You're eight years old, and then you can tell the adults what you want to do with your sex, with your gender, and how you feel. I mean, and the thing is, I want you to think about this. So this mother is literally going after the father because the father says, you know, we're the parents, we are the parents. We're the guidance. We're, 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 we're the leaders. We're, we're the go-to. You cannot believe for a second that our son thinks he's a girl. The mother may. And like I said, she's a pediatrician. She's a doctor of children. 
How in the, you know, this is the thing. And they go into court. What are these jurors doing? 11 out of 12 decided the current joint managing conservatorship should be replaced by sole managing conservatorship by the mother. We are living in a time that I just can't even explain to you. And this mother, for no reason other than the fact that the father is trying to protect this poor boy, wants to take his parental rights because the young boy acts like a boy when he's with his father. <laughs> Georgilis also wanted Younger to pay for their son's counseling. He, uh, Georgilis has diagnosed James with gender dysphoria a psychological disorder that is characterized by a child's persistent, consistent, and insistent assertion of their cross-gender statements and behaviors. Now, I want you to think about this for a second, because when the boy's with his father, he's not confused. When the boy's with his mother, he's confused. Hey, how about a common denominator here? Why don't we ever look at the mother and why is this not child abuse? Are we in are, are we at that point in life? Are we at that point in life because you've got jurors here in Dallas, Texas saying that the mother ought to have sole custody because the dad's the one holding the boy back from being a transgender. Now, when you look at the whole story, which I have done, I've read about it, I've looked at it, I've I've seen this for over a year. You know, the child's got to be persistent, consistent, and insistent about his transgenderism. However, when James has been with his father, he reportedly acts and behaves as a boy by his own choice. I want you to think about that. If you got kids, I have two kids. Like I said, my daughter Alex is going to be 21 in April. My son Chandler is going to be 18 in January. Love the kids to death. You know, I hope at some point in our relationship, they find their way back to me. I've not pushed it. I've not tried to be anything other than, you know what? I'm down here in Texas. You are welcome anytime. I will buy you a plane ticket. You can come hang out with me. I'll take care of everything because all I want to do is see you, right? But I want you to think about your kids. When your son or daughter was seven years old, were you worried about them being another gender? Of course not. Did you press upon them any kind of behavior other than what they wanted to do? Of course you didn't. I never pressed onto my son. I mean, you know, here's the deal. My son grew up around his older sister. Sometimes Chandler would play with dolls, play with sissies dolls. Didn't matter. Sometimes my daughter would play with Chandler's toys. We'd go throw the football around. We would eat. That does not make you want to be a boy or a girl. But yet, James, when he's with his father, reportedly acts and behaves like a boy because that's what he is. That's what his body tells him. That's what his hormones are telling him. That's what his whole makeup is telling him. Now, get this. The court prohibited Younger from dressing him as a boy or from sharing faith-based or biologically based scientific teachings on sexuality, even though family friends who have observed James when he is in his father's care reportedly affirm he dresses and behaves as a boy by his own choosing. So the court has literally said, you cannot parent this way. It does any... Does anybody ask the question, is it the court's role to do this? I mean, is it up to the family court to prohibit the father from dressing his son as a boy or from sharing faith-based or biologically based scientific teachings on sexuality, even though family, friends, and observers observe James as a boy? I mean, we have went into Looneyville. We have, we have literally bizarro world. The court, James transition therapists reportedly, excuse me, continue to identify him as Luna and to place him on track for gender transition. 
According to the Texan, Younger and Gregorilus were married in 2010 and decided to have children through in vitro fertilization. They requested male children through the IVF process that was successful, and their twin boys were born in 12, 2012, the, Texan reporter, the Texas reported and added. Because of a family tradition to name the male children with the initials JDY, and because of the biological references to the brothers of Jesus, Younger, and Gregorius decided to name the children James and Jude. At the time, both parents were members of the Orthodox Church. Georgilis has reportedly said James began to imitate female characters from the Disney's Frozen. He asked for a girl's toy at McDonald's and asked to wear dresses. The mother reportedly said she contacted the Genesis Clinic at Children's Hospital Center. She was then referred to Rebecca Orr for counseling, who recommended a process of affirmation and thought that a social transition for James should begin with the young child going to school dressed as a girl named Luna. <laughs> oh, this poor father. I feel for him. I really do. I feel for him. We're living in a society today that want to cater to this nonsense. They believe that this gender transitioning and all this crap that goes with it. You know, here's the deal. If you want to become an adult, or, or, or let me put it this way. When you turn 18, you're free to do whatever the hell you want to do. Free. You're free to do. I mean, I, I've told my kids this. My, my daughter's going to be 21 in April. Chandler will be 18 in January. When you become 18, I went into court and I said this. And I, I remember this day as if it was yesterday. We were sitting in court. And I said, you know, sir, I'm talking to the judge because I'm on the stand. They're asking me questions. And I said, you know, I'm an old school guy. And there's nothing wrong with old school. I was raised that your parents parent you. I, I, I'm their parent. Never have I harmed my children. Never have I touched my children. I've had CPS called on me several times because of a crazy ex-wife, but it's always been found to be false, but yet you continue to believe this woman who has continually lied to you, has been found to lie to you in court, and yet you always take her side. But you know what? Here's my rule in the house. Until you're 18 years of age, I'm your parent. I get to decide what you do. I get to decide how late you stay out. I get to decide who you go out with. I get to decide this isn't this this isn't a democracy. It's a dictatorship. And I having experience, having knowledge, I'm going to protect you from the perceived threats I see as your parent, and I'm going to make sure that I put you in the best possible situations for you. That's my job. That's a parent's job. But yet then the court comes in and says, no, 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 no. That's not your job. That's not your job at all. The kids get to decide, and the court decided. I mean, this is the most amazing thing that I've ever, ever went through in my life. A court decided that my 16-year-old daughter and my 14-year-old son knew more than I did at, I don't know, I was probably at the time, late 30s, knew more than I did. Had lived 16 and 14 years where kids didn't know the difference, knew more than I did after 30-plus years of life and being a parent for 16 years, that they just knew more than me. And that's what's wrong with family court today. That's what's exactly wrong with family court today. And now, I hate to say this, but my daughter has a tough time. She has a tough time. She runs boys off. She's demanding. She's insecure. And her mother has made her that way. And I feel bad. I wish there was something I could do. I wish I could go back and change the past. I wish I could fix it, but I cannot. And at some point, I'm hoping that my daughter grows out of that. Now, my son just doesn't talk to me. And it's as sad. It's sad. I love my children. I want to talk to them. I want to spend time with them. I want to, you know, enjoy life with them. And a court has told them that they know more than me. Here we are. And now a court has told poor Mr. Younger 
that his seven-year-old son and his ex-wife know more than him and that this child can start gender transitioning as early as eight, eight years old. The, the court, I mean, the court system ought to be held accountable for this. The judge ought to be held accountable for this. Someone with some common sense should step up and say, no, this is crazy. When this kid turns 18, then he can decide if he's a girl or not. But only then. That's why you have parents. That's why you're molded. That's why you have coaches. That's why you have people in your life to help you grow because you don't know shit at eight years old. I'll keep you up to date on this. I wanted to spend the first half of that podcast on that. A um, little bit of background into me, and I, I get raw sometimes, and I, I do apologize if it makes you mad. I mean, that is my life, and I put my life in this podcast, and you get to know me, and that's what I've went through, and I think I have a special place to talk about stuff like that, so hopefully you enjoyed it. All right, head over to thematlockshow.com. Hello, C-K-E, Matlock, thematlockshow.com. Click on that Verb Forever link. That's there. That is my link. I'm an ambassador for Verve Forever. It is CBD oil. If you're looking into CBD oil, if you're looking to take care of your aches and pains, your headaches, your, um, I don't know, sleeping, your anxiety, check out verveforever.com. And you can use, by the way, if you're a first-time buyer, Verve 50, V-E-R-V-E 50. It'll save you 50% off your initial order. And if you're a frequent flyer, use Verve 25. You'll save 25% today. We got CBD oil, we got cream, we got CBD oil for dogs, and they're coming out with some other stuff as well. So you're gonna have to pay attention. Head over to the matlockshow.com. Click on that Verve Forever link. Use Verve 25 and Verve 50. Do it today. All right. So, President Trump. I talked about this in the television show today. I'm actually recording the podcast after the TV show today. Um, I might have gotten into the adult cocktails last night, and I felt a little bit rough this morning, so I didn't get up and do the podcast like I normally do, so I'm doing it in the afternoon. But President Trump yesterday said that the Democrat Party was putting him through what he called a lynching. Here's what Trump said. So someday, if a Democrat becomes president and the Republicans win the House, even by a tiny margin, they can impeach the president without due process or fairness or any legal rights. All Republicans must remember what they are witnessing here, a lynching. Now, let me explain to you what lynch means. The Merriam-Webster Merriam Dictionary says that lynch is of a mob to kill someone, especially by hanging, for an alleged offense with or without a legal trial. I want you to think about this for a quick second. Because as we sit here and look at this, what is happening to President Trump? He is being lynched. I mean, how else can you describe this, right? How else... Can we describe this trial without any facts? This legal trial, it's not legal behind closed doors. What the, what the intelligence committee is doing to Trump, and he comes out and says that. You know what the first thing they do? Oh, my God, he's a racist. And I said on the TV show today, I said, you know, when did, when did definitions become black and white? You know, white people were lynched, too. It wasn't just black people. Now, we associate lynching with the Klan, the KKK. We associate lynching with the black community. But it doesn't mean that that word is just solely used on the black community. But all the blacks came out, all the black leaders. Oh, my God, Trump doesn't know what a real lynching. Oh, how dare he use that word? It's a word. And the definition of that word is spot on to what they're doing, and the Democrats know it, and that's why they're all pissed. But, you know, here's the funny thing. I said this on the TV show today, and uh, I have to laugh because the left believes Trump's stupid, right? They believe this guy's a dunce, that he doesn't know what he's doing, that he just spouts off at the mouth, things come out, and he falls ass backwards into all the success. I mean, the left will not give this guy any credit for being quite intelligent. 
quite good at what he did. He actually came out today, talked about Syria. He talked about the ceasefire. I said the same thing today on the television show. I think it's amazing. You know, everybody jumped my, well, not every, I, I won't generalize. I had, I had some people jump into the middle of Syria and tell me that I'm wrong. I said, okay, that's fine. Maybe I am wrong. I don't know. I'm not a foreign policy wonk by any means of the imagination. So I could be wrong, but I tend to take the, um, the path of, you know, the president has more information than I have, right? He knows what's going on. He's being advised by his advisors. He's got information that you and I don't have. So I chose to sit back and say, you know what? Let's see what happens. Trump seems to know what he's doing. He talked about pulling the 28 soldiers out of Syria. He said that number himself today, so I would be willing to bet that's the case. But, you know, as I sit there and watch that, I got, I got a lot of flack. Oh, Matt, you're wrong, you're wrong, and now look what's happened. Trump did a victory lap today in Syria. I mean, the guy knows what's going on. We've got a ceasefire. We've got the Kurds. He's talking to the Kurds. We abandoned the Kurds. Oh, my God, he's talking to Erdogan or Erdogan or however you say his last name of Turkey, and he's working out a deal, and, of course, what he say again today? You know what? I don't want endless wars. I don't want you know, our men and women over there bleeding for something that is not the case. But I, I, I digress. I want to come back here because Trump doesn't do anything, I don't believe, that's not calculated, that's not thought through. I mean, Trump's just not out there throwing stuff against the wall to see what sticks. So when Trump comes out with this lynching, he knew exactly what was going to happen. I mean, he knew exactly what was going to happen. And he also knew that we have this from one Joe Biden. Let me make sure I got this turned on here. Turn that on there. I want you to listen to this. It's 21 seconds. This is Joe Biden back in uh, 98, I believe. Listen, listen to this little deal. Turn Even this if the president should be impeached, history is going to question whether or not. All right, now that sounds like crap. I'm not sure why that's running just on one side, so maybe I don't have it all the way here. Let me do this real quick. Okay, replug that in. Let's see if I can get this to play because that sounded like absolute and utter crap. Let's try this one more time. Let's open that up. Okay. All right, we got, let's see if we can do this. It might just be the case. Even if the president yeah, should be impeached. We can't use it. It's only on the left side. All right, it's not in stereo. That's no problem, though. We'll so what? here's what happened. Joe Biden used lynching. He he used lynching in and, and you heard that, and I'm not I'm not going to even scrub that. I'm just going to see. This is what happens with the podcast. We're just going to go straight through it because I'm that guy. But so what happened was is Joe Biden came out in 1998 and said, "Oh yeah, this is political lynching." Hillary Clinton came out. I mean, I want you to think about this. These people, Steve Guest took to Twitter. He says, "You know, Democrats are being total hypocrites." Right now, in response to real Donald Trump's tweet this morning, Dem Rep Gregory Meeks on Bill Clinton's impeachment in 98, what we're doing here is not a prosecution, it's a persecution. And indeed, it is a political lynching. <laughs> Democrat Rep Danny Willis, Illinois, on the impeachment of Bill Clinton. I will not vote for this nightmare before Christmas. I will not vote for this lynching in the people's house. I will vote against these resolutions. Um, GOP Rapid Response Director Steve Guest also pointed to an October 08 comment from now Judiciary Committee Chairman Jerry Nadler that was published in an AP article. The quote from Nadler read, I am the president's defender in the sense that I haven't seen anything yet that would rise, in my opinion, to the level of impeachable offense. I wish we could get this over with quickly. In pushing the process and pushing the arguments of fairness and due process, the Republicans so far have been running a lynch mob. Huh. This time around, however, Democrats have sounded a sterner tone. Quote, that is one word no president ought to apply to himself, said South Carolina Democrat Rep. James Clyburn. He's black, the highest-ranking African-American in Congress. Quote, that is a word 
that we ought to be very, very careful about using. Why? Words are words. You ever notice that the Democrats always want to change definitions of words and, and, and Democrats want to take over the, the ownership of words? You can't say lynching because that belongs to the black community and the black community. Oh, my God, you're racist. And oh, my goodness, if you take over that word, then you're stealing it from us and you just can't do that. You ever notice how weak of an argument that is? Because lynching isn't black or white. White people got lynched. Lynching is quite strictly, I'll read you the, the definition again. It's of a mob to kill someone, especially by hanging, for an alleged offense with or without a legal trial. Do you think they hung witches in the Salem witch trial? Do you think they got lynched? Do you think there was any lynching back in, uh, I don't know, 1080 before Christ, after Christ, uh, in the Ottoman Empire, in the Crusades. Do you think anybody got lynched then? Lynching is not per se a black word. I get so sick of this. But, you know, that's what happens. The left in their clutching pearls mob, they believe that you can't use the words that they use for victimhood. Isn't that amazing? How dare you steal our victimhood? How dare you steal our, our virtual signaling? How dare you? How, how, how dare you? That is a word that we ought to be very, very careful about. Why? It's a word. Representative Bobby Bush, who is also black, called on Trump to delete his tweet. Do you know how many people who look like me have been lynched since the inception of this country by people who look like you? Delete this tweet because they're dictators. South Carolina, our Senator Doug Jones, Alabama, tweeted to Trump, no, sir. Know it real Donald Trump. This is not a lynching. And shame on you for invoking such a horrific act that was used as a weapon to terrorize and murder African Americans. They also murdered white people. Stop it already. The New York Slimes in a tweet condemned Trump for using a term that invokes the decades-long racist history of white mob murders of black people to describe a legal process laid out in the Constitution. Yeah, so let's let's talk about the Constitution, shall we? Yeah, an inquiry, a behind-closed-door meeting, a witch hunt is not in the Constitution. If you want to impeach someone, then you have to vote for impeachment in the House. Guess what you haven't done? You haven't voted for impeachment. And then the left comes out there and says, we've already voted for it. People know we want it. No, you haven't. Nobody's on record voting for the impeachment proceeding because if they were, it wouldn't be done because they don't have enough votes. I've already said this. If they had enough votes, they'd already done it. I mean, the left would have already voted for it and done it. Now, here's a story from Fox News breaking today. GOP lawmakers... Storm closed-door impeachment session as Schiff walks out. Think about this for a second. So House Republicans, led by Matt Gates, Florida Republican, on Wednesday, essentially stormed a closed-door session connected to the impeachment investigation of President Trump, prompting House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff for brains to suspend the proceedings in a remarkable scene. The standoff happened Wednesday morning after lawmakers held a press conference in which they accused House Democrats of a lack of transparency. Is that not what the left cries about all the time? Got to be transparent. You got to be transparent. Oh, my God, transparency. Oh, geez. Got to be transparent. You got to blah, 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 blah. Got to be diversity, transparency. So it says, quote, we're going to try and go in there. And we're going to try to figure out what's going on on behalf of the millions of Americans that we represent that want to see this Congress working for them and not obsessed with attacking a president who we believe has done nothing, has, has done anything to deserve impeachment. So the Republicans specifically called out Schiff, who is leading the investigation. Quote, what is Adam Schiff for brains trying to hide? Asked House Minority Whip Steve Scalise. I think that's the question so many people have, so many of my colleagues have, so many people in the press should have. Voting members of Congress are being denied access from being able to see what's happening behind these closed doors where they're trying to impeach the president of the United States with a one-sided set of rules. They call the witnesses. They don't let anybody else call the witnesses. Now, and the thing that I found out, they're literally, the Democrats are not releasing transcripts of the depositions. They won't even release transcripts of the depositions to the Republicans. What the hell is going on here? So what did they do? We're going to go and see if we can get inside, Gates said at the conclusion of the press conference. From there, 30 House Republicans flooded the room 
where Laura Cooper, who oversees Ukraine policy at the Department of Defense, was set to testify. Because there was no agreement for non-committee members to be present, this sit-in created an immediate standoff. Now, Fox News is told that Schiff from Brains did not ask the U.S. Capitol Police to arrest or remove Republicans who charged in, but he did leave the room and apparently does not plan to start the interview until the situation is resolved. He walked out. What are you hiding? And I think it's funny. You're going to have, here we have a Congress that's supposed to be protecting our rights as citizens, right? They're supposed to be doing our work. We pay them lots of tax dollars that we send the government because nothing is government funded. I talked about that today. Everything is funded by you and me. If there were no taxpayers, there would be no money in government, right? So here we have a party, the Democrat party holding hearings behind closed doors where they're not telling anybody what's happening. And you notice what we've not seen, which is quite telling. We haven't seen any leaks. Normally, Adam Schifferbrains is out there leaking like a sieve. I mean, normally, we've got information coming out our, 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 our backsides on what's actually happening. But you know what's happening. They can't use anything because it doesn't work for them. So they're not leaking. There's no information. So finally, these Republicans are like, wait a minute. What in the hell are you guys doing? I mean, what are you asking these people? We don't get to see the transcripts. We don't get to see the interviews. We're not part of this deal. What the hell's going on? And when they do go in, the chairman walks out. And then the GOP lawmakers flooded Twitter with Post. Adam Schiff for Brains just shut down his secret underground impeachment hearing after I let a group of Republicans into the room. Now he's threatening me with ethics, ethics complaint. I'm on the Armed Services Committee, but I'm being blocked from the department's assistant SecDef's te testimony, Secretary of Defense. He's on the Armed Services Committee. He says this is a sham. Bradley Byrne, Republican, Alabama. Democrats slammed. The Republicans in response, Ilhan Omar tweeted, this is what happens when people elect members not interested in media hits than the protection of our national security. Um, national security? What is this woman talking about? National security? This isn't national security. You're interviewing a woman that works in in the sec she she works in the defense department about Ukraine and you're talking about how Trump might have asked for a favor from the Ukrainian president that's not national security you're trying to conjure up charges that don't exist and then when people who want to protect our republic come in and ask for answers you storm out representative Roger Marshall Republican Kansas told reporters that Schiff remains left the room without letting Marshall or other non-committee Republicans hear testimony. Quote, he doesn't have the guts to come talk to us, Marshall said. He left. He just got up and left. He doesn't have the guts to tell us why we can't come in the room, why he doesn't want this to be transparent. It's the biggest facade, the biggest farce I've ever seen. Gates, a member of the House Judiciary Committee, where impeachment is supposed to run through, was kicked out of another session earlier this month where former deputy assistant to the president, Fiona Hill, faced questions behind closed doors. Gates was told he could not attend because he's not part of the House Intelligence Committee, which is, which is conducting the investigation along with the House Oversight and Foreign Affairs Committees. Judiciary Chairman Jerry Nadler, Claimed to have begun the impeachment inquiry weeks ago, Gates tweeted at the time. Now his own judiciary members aren't even allowed to participate in it. And yes, my constituents want me actively involved in stopping the hashtag kangaroo court coup run by shifty shift. Republicans are not the only ones criticizing the investigation for its lack of transparency. Democrat presidential candidate Tulsi Gabbard said Tuesday she was disappointed with a lack of transparency and warned that it could undermine the integrity of the investigation. Now, that's where I want to go because I've got an article here I want to talk about that I think sums this up pretty well, and uh, I want to get into it before I run out of time. But uh, before I do, I want to make sure you get over to scarsandstripescoffee.com. 
get over to scarsandstripescoffee.com. You can go to the matlockshow.com, L-O-C-K-E. There's a link there for Scars and Stripes Coffee. You can go to scarsandstripescoffee.com. That's S-C-A-R-S, scarsandstripescoffee.com. And you can go order yourself some great coffee. But what they do is they employ veterans. They give them a mission. They give them the ability to be entrepreneurs. So they get to go and use this e-commerce platform. They get to sell you coffee and merchandise and all this stuff, and they get paid. And they get put into small groups, and they, they, they get to be part of the team that comes with being in the military. And it helps them. And it's an all-veteran sales force. So if you're going to do anything, empower a veteran. Head over to scarsandstripescoffee.com. Not only are you empowering a veteran, it's fantastic coffee. You're going to be happy with the coffee because it is amazing. Scarsandstripescoffee.com. Tell them Matlock sent you. Go do it right after the show because I've got about nine minutes. Okay, so this impeachment probe. The left now is starting to become a, a shade bit concerned. Now, you and I both know because we have an IQ above room temperature. That this is a sham. <clears throat> I mean, they don't they don't have anything. I said this on the television show today. You know, Ukraine started investigating Biden and this whole deal with the prosecutor and all that stuff back in February, which in the Roman calendar comes before July. So it had nothing to do with a Trump phone call to the Ukrainian president. Had nothing to do with a quid pro quo. It had to do with corruption. And Ukraine knows about it. And we also know that Ukraine was helping the Democrat Party dig up dirt on Trump for Hillary Clinton. We know all of this. But no, Edwin Mora wrote an article. It says, ironic twist is the headline. You can go find this over at Breitbart. Democrats impeachment probe interfering in the ongoing presidential race. Because we have a Democrat primary, primary currently going on, right? This is sucking all the room out of the all the air out of the room. I mean, but they have to. The left has to continue this joke of a impeachment inquiry because their candidates suck. Nobody likes Joe Biden. Bernie Sanders just had a heart attack, he's probably going to die in office. Elizabeth Warren lies all the time about her ancestry and pregnancy and jobs and all that stuff. Nobody likes it, but the thing is, they're starting on the left to become cognizant of what's happening. Because you're seeing the Democrats are doing exactly what they're accusing Trump of trying to do. Interfere in an ongoing presidential race. House Democrats launched the impeachment inquiry on, December, or on September 24th, months before the American public goes to the polls to elect the next president in November 2020. Till the American public votes in November of 2020, it will remain unclear whether the Democrats' impeachment effort will hurt or benefit Trump. Now, that's what I want to talk about because Edwin spends the better part of this article telling me how this is going to hurt Trump, how it's going to take voters away from him, how it's going to take suburban housewives, blah, 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 blah. They hate Trump. He's terrible. He's a crook. He's using lynching, da, 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 da right? But... <clears throat> Sorry. One key sentence in this article stood out to me like a beacon. And it says, I want you to listen to this. If the impeachment investigation turns up anything short of a slam dunk to remove President Trump, swing voters might punish a party they see as determined to overthrow or overturn the results of the last presidential election. Bingo. I'm going to read that again because it's important. If the impeachment investigation turns up anything short of a slam dunk to remove President Trump, swing voters, you know, these independents, might punish a party they see as determined to overturn the results of the last presidential election. Bingo. It's not about suburban housewives. These people are pissed because they see what you're doing. Independents see 
what the Democrats are doing. They see the chinsery. They see the, the kangaroo court. They see the, non, the lack of transparency. They see what is going on. And what is happening here is they're saying, you know, look, what is wrong with these people? If they're going to do this to Trump, they're probably going to do this to me. Because like it, don't like it, don't care to like it, don't get along with it, most people believe Trump is for them. That's why we follow President Trump. That's why we vote for President Trump. That's why we like President Trump, because we believe that he understands us. We believe that he has our best interests in mind. So when we see this witch hunt, when we see this investigation, when we see the Democrats running around behind closed doors, it turns us off. It irritates us. It angers us. It makes us mad. So what are we going to do? We're going to go to the polls and we're going to vote for Trump. That's what we're going to do. This article actually, in a roundabout way, hits on the fact of what actually is going on. Now, I was driving around yesterday. I played some golf yesterday, hung out with Sexy Jesus at the uh, brewery, Old Texas Brewing Company, and we watched the uh, first game of the World Series last night. But I was listening to the radio, and I don't remember what program, but they had done a poll. And once again, you can make polls say all kinds of things and, you know, give the information you want to give. But there was a poll that stated that Trump could win as many as 41 states the way it's set up currently. If President Trump wins 41 states, it's over. I mean, that is a landslide because we don't live in a day anymore like when Reagan or Nixon won 49 states. It's just impossible. California, New York, Hawaii, uh, Illinois, all blue. And you're never going to win them. You're just They're never going to be in play. But we're living in some really odd times. But this writer, this Edwin, he, he hit on this key. The only way... The only way the Democrats believe they can beat Trump is if they get you to stop supporting him. They need to rip you from him. They need to, to make you mad. They need to irritate you. They need to pull your support from him because they can't beat him. The left cannot beat him. They don't have a single candidate in the field currently that will beat President Trump, mark my words. They just don't. They, they don't have a candidate who can even stand up to Trump. They don't. They don't have someone who can compete with him. They don't have someone who is authentic as him, who is as original, who is as motivated, or who has as good of a record as he does. They just don't. They know it. And Hillary Clinton even came out and, and said as much. I mean, this is the crazy thing. I've got an article here in front of me. Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump going to be very, very hard to beat if he's not impeached. It's hard to know who's going to be the best candidate to beat this president, assuming this president is still running, she said. We have a number of very able, very admirable candidates who are vying for the nomination, but at the end of the day, there are a lot of forecasters who are saying, look, if the economy stays in good shape and he's not impeached, or if he's impeached but not convicted, it's going to be very, very hard because of all the advantages that he will have on the stuff we will be talking about, like suppression and everything else. So it's another excuse, but what Hillary is literally telling you, no one on the left can beat Trump. It will be very, very hard to beat him. And they have to impeach him. That's what all this is. But that impeachment, I've got another story, and I'm not going to get to it today. I talked about it on the TV show today. I mean, this impeachment's going to run all the way through 2020. They're like, oh, we want to be done by Thanksgiving. We want to have him impeached by Thanksgiving. Now it's like, oh, we want to have him impeached by Christmas. But they can't. They can't because they don't have the votes. And what actually happens is they're going to keep running this to 2020 because what I just said about that Edwin piece, if they find out that this was all a hoax, if voters find out that this was all made up, that it was behind closed doors, there was no transparency, it's not, it's all fake, they're going to revolt on the Democrat Party. And you want to talk about votes going Trump's way? They know it. So they can't risk, the Democrat Party cannot risk 
that happening. So what are they going to do? They're going to run this fraud. They're going to run this impeachment all the way through election. And what are they going to do? Oh, my God. Look what's going on with Trump. He's under impeachment. Oh, my God. We can't be voting for him. you got to get rid of him because he's under impeachment. I mean, look, we've been investigating for a year. We're finding all this stuff. We've got new information and new witnesses. And we got to keep going. And you guys got to understand that this guy's under impeachment. And he just can't be president. And you got to vote for someone else. That's going to be what happens. Mark my words, my friends. It's exactly what's going to happen. Impeachment isn't going to be settled before the 2020 election. It's going to be the biggest factor of the 2020 election. I'm telling you right now, I know the left like I know every single inch of my body. And I'm telling you, impeachment will be the key to the 2020 election. Mark my words. I called it here. Hey, go follow me at Real Matlock on Twitter, Instagram, and Parlor. Cartel Matt on Facebook. Go follow. Tell your friends. You can find me on America's Voice News, 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. Do it. And, of course, with Sexy Jesus on Beer for Brunch Fridays every Friday. So make sure you do that. Lots of places to go. We've got some merch coming out. Got some big things to tell you. A lot of stuff, but I can't let the cat out of the bag yet. Meow. All right, guys. The Matlock Show for today is out. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.08%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 1.25% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. The holidays are on at Old Navy, where all jeans, all pants, all sweaters, and all outerwear are on sale up to 50% off now. Jeans start at just 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. All the looks you love, even this season's must-have plaid styles, are on sale. Plus, get fashion in a flash. Buy online, pick up in-store for free today in just two hours. Hurry in for up to 50% off all jeans, pants, sweaters, and outerwear at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 11.4 to 11.13 excludes in-store clearance.